Now we'll have our first message of the day by Mr. Ken Barton, entitled, Put by Every Word. But by Every Word. Poor old Jonathan Bing went out in his carriage to visit the king. But everyone pointed and said, look at that. Jonathan Bing has forgotten his hat. He'd forgotten his hat. Poor old Jonathan Bing went home and put on a new hat for the king. But by the palace, the soldier said, hi, you can't see the king. You've forgotten your tie. He'd forgotten his tie. Poor old Jonathan Bing, he put on a beautiful tie for the king. But when he arrived, the archbishop said, Ho, you can't come to court in pajamas, you know. Poor old Jonathan Bing went home and addressed a short note to the king. If you please will excuse me, I won't come to tea. For home's the best place for all people like me. I like that poem about Jonathan Bing. It turned out well for him, though, didn't it? He didn't embarrass himself, nor did he offend the king. <clears throat> now, as a general rule, we don't really have clue one about how to deal with royalty, except, of course, for a couple of fellows here. <clears throat> but Mr. Bing did. Perhaps he was thinking of this other fellow's experience with the king when he decided to go home. Matthew 22, 11 and 12, or actually starting at 11 through 14. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Sometimes it can be very important to know things. I can even, uh, <clears throat> it can even be the difference between life and death. Which dietary restrictions are you observing? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Leviticus 11, 46 and 47. This is the law of the animals and the birds and every living creature that moves in the waters and of every creature that creeps on the earth to distinguish between the unclean and the clean and between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that may not be eaten. But what about Genesis 9, verses 3 and 4? Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. I read this while studying for this message. I have read it before, but I hadn't really paid attention to it and what it said. There are th those who cite these verses <clears throat> and say that it's obvious that we can eat anything we want. But I believe it requires some more depth of study and thinking. I have learned that God does things in his time, not according to when we might think it ought to be done. <clears throat> God told Noah and his family that they could eat anything. Before that, it was all veg vegetarian. 
eventually it'll be that way again in the new creation because nothing will be destroyed. And if we're in our spirit bodies, we probably won't even need that. But <clears throat> there were also no marriage restrictions. Since there were only eight people who survived the flood, the children of Shem, Ham, and Japheth's family were going to have to marry each other. You know, otherwise, there's only eight people and they're going to die. <clears throat> Later, when the gene pool reached a point where intermarriage would cause problems, God changed that. In the same vein, when God decided to make a people to himself, the Israelites, the Hebrews, he gave them instructions as, that has, uh, has made them peculiar to him. Part of those were the dietary restrictions. But you know what? I figure if God made them and made us, he probably knows what foods are good for us and what foods are not good for us to partake of. But in today's world, when dietary restrictions are discussed, here's what's usually covered. Gluten-free, sugar-free, calorie-free, fat-free, nut-free, peanut or tree fruit, depending on things. Uh, Nutrition-free, I'll just throw that in there. You see, there are many food ingredients that we are told we need to be wary of and quite possibly substitute with other ingredients. Glenda and I are trying the uh, keto diet. Anyway, <laughs> for instance, there are people who are allergic to and intolerant of or unable to digest many foods or many ingredients in foods, and it can be truly a matter of life or death. My sister-in-law, unfortunately, has hit the jackpot. She can't have milk. She's not lactose intolerant, bless her heart, but she can't have the casein, which is the protein in, in milk. <clears throat> that makes up 80% of the milk protein. And whey makes up the other 20%. That means she cannot eat virtually any and all bovine milk products. That includes foods that are made with milk as an ingredient. She's gluten intolerant, so that takes out wheat products. She's allergic to tomatoes. They make her mouth break out in painful blisters. And I think some other things that are, that are, have the orange stuff, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, thankfully in this day and age, there are many substitutes that she can go to, and also thankfully she likes the taste of almond milk. I don't believe that she's allergic to peanuts, but I do know that she has asthma and must keep an inhaler with her as well as an EpiPen for certain other allergy attacks. Then there's these wonderful categories. Vegans and vegetarians. The difference is vegetarians don't eat any animals, including pigs, chickens, cows, fish, and all others. Now some will stray on the fish because they're cold-blooded you live in the water and who cares <clears throat> in addition to not consuming any animal flesh a vegan also doesn't consume dairy milk dairy cheese eggs or any other product derived from any animal that includes leather of course you don't eat it but you, they don't use it they won't use fur they won't use leather uh, one I heard one person that said that unless and until she could ask the animal if it was okay that she use 
whatever came from that animal, and that animal said yes, she would not use it. That I'm, that's good with me, because I'll use it. <clears throat> anyway, and last, uh, of course, there's the people that just like eating meat. <laughs> people don't like eating green. And, uh, you know. and then, of course, there's people that follow God's dietary guidelines, a.k.a. clean foods, which in these days, in a way, uh, these, there's, there's a confusing sound, uh, thing of clean eating. That's not to be confused with clean foods. It's about eating more nutrient-packed foods that energize you and make you feel great and steering clear of foods that make you feel sluggish or aren't doing you any good, which, you know, if you're realize that you're feeling sluggish after you eat something, there's a good chance that you'll self-diagnose and not eat that anymore. Um, <clears throat> and usually a lot of foods uh, that come in packets with unpronounceable ingredients you, you probably want to stay away from. I'm certain I'm leaving out some things, but what I'm trying to say is it's hard to keep up with all of these items. Sometimes it can get overwhelming, can it? And with each of these dietary disciplines, there are adjustments that must be made, things to consider, add, or subtract. But all of these things are not really where my focus is today. I'm sure you guys are glad of that. I have known uh, for some time that our food supply is pathetic. Scientists have known for decades that the ground is depleted. The plants that are being used for our nourishment are severely lacking in nourishment, lacking in that nourishment. And then they invent foods. They genetically modify foods, which our body doesn't know how to deal with it after that, so it stores it in the fat. Anyway, I'm thinking that God tried to warn us about that. In Leviticus uh, 25 and 26, <clears throat> and I'm not going to go through all that, but uh, he tells about the annual Sabbath. Every seventh year, you leave it fallow. You let the ground replenish itself. We've got a friend that observes that on his garden, and he said every sixth year, the output is fantastic, and he never has to worry about not having enough until the next year. <clears throat> you see, I believe that God has reasons for everything in the scriptures. I've said before, he doesn't just beat his gums just to hear it. He has something that he's wanting us to know. I also believe his word is our instruction manual on how best to live. I bet he has correlated food with his word too because he wants us to realize our dependence on both of them. In Deuteronomy 8.3, Moses said, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. In the New Testament, that's quoted twice again, Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
and then in Luke 4, 4. But Jesus answered him saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. How many of us have realized that God repeats things that we may need to pay attention to? I think a lot of that is due to the ignorance and stupidity of many of us. Ignorance because they haven't learned it. And stupidity because they don't think they need to. There are those who think that the Old Testament doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's just kind of a waste on, the, on that book. You know, it could be a lot thinner if it didn't have all that Old Testament stuff. <clears throat> they fail to realize that without a base, nothing is held up. You have to have the history of what happened. You have to know what God's telling us. How we got to where we are in order for anything to make sense. Easy jeopardy question here in, in Matthew and Luke. Who was Jesus answering in those New Testament verses? Oh, come on, somebody's got to shout this out. Thank you. Jesus knows his word. And he knows how to apply it. <clears throat> Second Timothy 2.15 be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Pretty good counsel, don't you think? Also is a hint that there will be tests. How many of us want to flunk God's tests? Here's a clue that there's good reason for knowing God's test in verse 16. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness can't shun profane and idle babblings if you can't recognize them. People not recognize them is most likely why there are lots of profane and vain babblings in our world today, right along with a huge increase in ungodliness. <clears throat> because Satan is trying as hard as he can to get people to go off the rails. He's probably the world's best at almost quoting scripture as he did with Jesus remember these words but by every word I'm certain that you've heard these things for all things happen for good all things work for good it all turns out for the best people think they're, they're quoting scripture that's not quite what is said Romans 8 28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And don't forget the rest of the group. 29, for, he, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. And 30, moreover, whom he predestined, he also called, whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, those he also glorified. I read an article that spoke to Satan's misquoting of scriptures. In it, the writer compared God's spiritual food to grain. Have you ever wondered how farmers and granaries deal with critters we call vermin? They like to eat grain. And they contaminate the rest of the grain when they do. So, how to kill those animals and keep them from becoming alerted 
to the poisons they're using to kill them. It's simple. You just feed them grain. They love grain. That's why they're showing up. Only you poison 20% of the grain and mix it all in there. Not enough to alert them to the poison. Because it still tastes like grain. They gobble it up, go off, and die. If you, which, if you think about it, is Satan's plan. He tells us contaminated scriptures, which we believe over God's words, and we go off and die. That's exactly what he did with Adam and Eve. Because everybody knows that God is love, right? And that he'll forgive so we don't have to worry about anything. Didn't work that way with Adam and Eve, did it? God will forgive us. And here's the gigantic word in the Bible that Brother Lawrence talked about. If we will repent, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. But we still have to deal with the aftermath of what has occurred because of our sins. Otherwise, God could have just wiped everything away, said it's okay, and we'd still all be hanging out in Eden. <clears throat> so here's the key. We need, need to know the whole of what God leaves in our manual. You remember the manual is called Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. B-I-B-L-E. Wouldn't it be great if we had some helps to study the Bible? You know, <clears throat> some people say, why don't we just use the Bible? If people would do that, that would be great. But there can be problems. People get cut bored, bogged down, you know, like reading the bagats. I see some nods going on. Which Bible? I don't like the King's English. I don't understand it. I don't speak that way. <clears throat> There's a myriad of translations out there. And a lot of them are good. A lot of them are bad. Buyer beware. Caveat emptor. Isn't that the, the Latin phrase? Uh, some of the translations are not faithful to original. Some take God completely out of verses. And some have added things, like the Trinity, for instance. And there's even this, Acts 12:4, When they had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. What? This is in the King James Version. This is the king's own English. Sorry if I messed that. But anyway, Strong's Hebrew and Greek Dictionaries number G3957. But here's what the entry states. Pasca of Chaldee origin. And compare H6453, the Passover, the meal, the day, the festival, or the special sacrifices connected with it. Close parentheses, dash, Easter, comma, Passover. This is what happens when people, even learned people, don't go deep enough, don't study far enough to realize 
there's a big difference between holy days established by God and days established by men. In my humble opinion, Strong should have known better because Easter and Passover are not interchangeable. I've definitely heard a lot of people or of people who just give up after a while or for a while. I'm going to take a break here. All this scripture is just too much. <clears throat> too much stuff to worry about. Too much stuff to learn. How do you keep it all straight? My mother-in-law, when we shared with her what we'd learned about dietary restrictions, said she was just too old to mess with that. Her daddy was a preacher, her faith was in God, and that was enough. I'll let her deal with God about that. We do have tools, though, right over there. The Churches of God Outreach Ministries supply them. I believe that we would do well to avail ourselves of those resources. <clears throat> a, study, a study course might just come in handy, mightn't it? You know, something that could take us through the Bible, kind of covering the basics at first, and then as we grow, go more into depth. Several times over the years, I've heard things touched upon that are important. And the speaker would say, we know about that, though. You're, or you guys have heard, already heard about that. You know all about that. But the truth is, there are those who don't know all about that, who haven't heard about that. Because they weren't here when it was talked about. Glenda and I have been here since 1999. Some of the things haven't really been discussed. Some of them have been glossed over, touched, but they ain't no depth. Just think of all the people who have been born and are now adults here in this church that have quite possibly not learned these things. All of us need refreshing of our knowledge from time to time. The fire department, we had continuing education units. Those are fun. You've got to keep track of everything you learn. But you have to go over. I'm certified as a scuba diver. Whenever I go scuba, which is rare, but whenever I do that, a good dive master will spend the first 15, 30 minutes going over the basics, how you clear your mask, how you equalize your ear, ear pressure, just, and what to do if things go wrong. Different things, but it's, and it's all basic. It'll save your life. All of us need refreshing. If we've never learned something, you can't refresh it. Got to learn it first. We have people who have just come to the knowledge of the Sabbath, the Sabbath days and are coming to a higher knowledge of God, of clean and unclean foods, for instance. Holy days. Why don't we observe holidays that the other folks out there observe? How about this one? This caught us when we first heard it. What does it mean to afflict ourselves? Doesn't God say we shouldn't beat or cut ourselves? People have different opinions of what afflict means, right? <clears throat> Glenda and I didn't know, but we asked. <laughs> now we know it means to fast. No water, no food from sundown to sundown. 
and praying and examining oneself about how we're doing in our service to God. What do we need to straighten up? Where have we gone wrong? What do we need to do? Remember Exodus 32, 9 through 10? And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people. And indeed, as it is a stiff-necked people, now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. See, God wants us to be open to his will, and to be circumspect and humble in our attitudes. He really wants us to have that in an attitude. I'm certain everyone here has heard the joke about a parent saying, I made you, I take you out and make another one just like you. That's what God was going to do. Destroy the people, start up a new people with Moses. You know, one thought occurred to me while I was studying this, was God just going to destroy the Hebrews? Or was he going to just wipe the world again and start with Moses? Anyway, let's move on. <clears throat> and do not, of course, he couldn't actually do that. He had to keep Moses' wife around. But anyway. Do not fear those, Matthew 10, 28, who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We need to learn that. We need to know that our Father God is God and that when God's word talks about the final judgment, it means the final judgment. Who will live forever and who will die a final death? We need to realize that knowing, believing, and following God's word will ensure that we are God's people and that we, he, we will have a place in the new world when Jesus returns. So we need to know what kinds of things happen when God starts bringing judgment upon his people so we can recognize him and turn back to God. You know, things like, oh, I don't know, the whole world burning up, California. And I'm not, I, my understanding is a lot of the stuff in Australia was set, it was arson. So, because God doesn't need help. He wants to start burning things up. He can do it. <clears throat> and they haven't turned back. They've had drought for how long? They've had horrible floods, they've destruction, and they haven't turned back. I have yet to see a governor in, in California called for repentance, called for revival. They unfortunately probably killing. <clears throat> but is it possible to turn back to God and stop? Of course it is. Actually, there are several avenues of approach. You see, the answers are all in this manual. I thought I had one up here, but I've got. I've even got one in here. It's the neat thing about the technology we have today. You can have God's scripture with you anywhere at any time. <clears throat> but we don't necessarily need to do it by diving in at Genesis 1-1 and then climbing out at Revelation 22-21. That's a really large endeavor, which is best accomplished with a plan. General Creighton Abrams had a good take on large endeavors. He, endeavors. he was a general in Vietnam. 
When eating an elephant, take one bite at a time. I think that using an established Bible study course would be a great way to accomplish that learning. We have one that is, surprise, printed by and published by Churches of God Outreach Ministry. And it can be very helpful in doing that. And it takes the project one bite at a time. We have lessons one and two here today for all who want them. <clears throat> As we finish them, we can get the subsequent lessons right here. Or you can just fill it out and send it in or type it in, send it in uh, on the internet and they can send you online. I actually prefer the paper just for reading and studying like that. <clears throat> I'm sure most here know we're part of CGOM. I'm, uh, these panels over here have lots of CGOM articles and publications. It's a cooperative effort of a worldwide ministry. Many churches and believers around the world involved. We have several of them here. If you get something in the mail from CGOM, if you're in the United States, the people, there's people here that actually get that to you. <clears throat> and you'll be glad to know you don't have to keep track of CEUs in order to maintain your status as believers. I'm betting, though, that you'll be happy with learning more about our Savior and God and with growing closer to them and to one another. Let me point out right off, this is not a race. We need to, each one of us, do these lessons at our own pace. Sometimes we'll catch on the concepts quickly. Other times we'll need to study on them a while in order to grasp them. The key here is to continue on and not let ourselves stop or get sidetracked. So, who wants to make a difference in their lives? You don't have to raise your hand, but just realize that could better ensure favorable outcomes, both eternally and in this present world. Yeah. This is lesson one, and this is lesson two. I'm kidding. This is lessons one and two. And <clears throat> Janice Gregory was very wonderfully put some other information of other things you can get and uh, envelope to if you want to send this back or I guess just fill out and send what you want correct anyway and I was going to have these passed out but I'm just going to set them over there and after the service you guys can go over there and get some and I think the world I know me, I can use a refresher.